What's going on, friends? It is random number 72. That's right, episode number 72 of Roomies and Movies. Uh, I and my friend Luke are going to tell you about all the newer shows and movies that you should be watching, some that you should avoid. Uh, and for this week, we actually watched the first half of the second season of Hannibal, uh, episode one through six. The first Halloween in this new sequel that just came out, written by Danny McBride, uh, Eramentari, I believe it's called, uh, The Blacksmith and the Devil on Netflix, as well as The Night Comes for Us on Netflix, just came out the 19th, and the entire third season of Daredevil. Did you get everything watched, Luke? Man, whose idea was it to watch so much stuff? How did this happen? <laughs> I like it now that uh, you're get, you're tra- are you did you watch Hannibal? No, I'm sure you saw on the Prime that like when I had done my rewatch, I'd watched the first half of season two. Yep, yep. The last time I went through, so I'll be jumping in next week with actually watching okay. the episodes again. Uh, it was it's funny because now you're trying to now you're watching as much as I am uh, currently each week, and it's like you were getting through Daredevil today. Uh, as I was like taking down bits of it this weekend, like six block, six hour blocks of it, and like we both didn't sleep through the night because we were just up watching Daredevil. Um, because we burned through it in the first four days of it being out, <laughs> which was a monumental task. Well, let's be honest here, okay? I watched it straight through, I started. <laughs> after work yesterday and i watched until five o'clock this morning just was like I'm just gonna finish let's do this it's fair it's fair um i don't think there's any real big news uh from this last week other than uh, it's been canceled and it looks like they're not going to be re-upping these characters for netflix up to my chagrin uh, I believe you even hit me with some facts that, like, this kind of seems like a uh, very real thing that they're going to be switching over to Disney, so. Maybe. Sucks. I think we're going to run into contract negotiations and how long Netflix technically has the rights and all that mm-hmm. good jazz, but because, you know, like, if Sony came out tomorrow and was like, we're not making Spider-Man movies anymore, cool, but, like, they still own the rights. Marvel yeah. wouldn't get them back until the contract runtime was over so that's fair that's fair um was there any other news stories that you wanted to tackle i didn't know i don't think i saw anything is there news anymore i don't think so <laughs> I-, I think i was just too busy watching everything else that i just didn't have time <laughs> to look at much news so um so that being said let's get into it then uh and how awesome fucking hannibal season two is nice fight. chain rolling my god when you started when you text me the knife fight and it immediately starts with that knife fight is so glorious i was like (laughs) i watched it like a day after you sent me that text so i couldn't just be like oh shit sweet knife fight because i would just throw off that i hadn't watched it until then so i had to hide my chagrin but fucking awesome uh i believe this is how the season ends this is the, I'm I'm thinking that's how they show that uh, knife fight scene happening. It's Jack well, fighting Hannibal. Yeah, so we're and, obviously building to something. You know, Jack finds mm-hmm. out something. 
And there's yeah. all these, well, there's all these moments that it's giving you along the way that could easily, that fit, that if Jack finds out the right piece of information, that fight's happening. So it might not be at the end of the season. Uh, as I get four episodes in and uh, the lab technician is flayed across uh, slides. Yeah, that's that, that happens. <laughs> it's insane to think that was on cable TV. Like, <laughs> it's mind-boggling how much this t- the show gets away with. No, I remember when I was watching it live and I was trying to get you to watch this and I was like, it's doing things I didn't think you could <laughs> do on network TV. It's, it's perfectly insanity. Um, when you think... Silence of the Lambs and Hannibal, those, those stories, it's like that stuff could only be shown on the big screen, and then NBC was like, nah, fuck it, we'll just show it. Whatever. <laughs> it's cool. It's whatever. They know the character. They're expecting all this, so. And it's not really all that much more graphic than the 30-odd uh, Doctor shows they have on, so. It's it is true. Yeah. But it's it's really demented the psychology be, behind the show. Like those doctor shows are just like, oh, we're just trying to save this life. And like this is like we're extracting pieces from other people and like taking their very essence and devouring that. And it's like, well, that's really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> And it, I hate it even more that I'm liking this show so much. Uh, it's really having a conflict conflict of interest within myself. You find it's, like some darker parts of yourself? You didn't know were there? Is that what's happening? No, I, I knew they were there. It's just I didn't want to bellow that flame very much. And like this is it's stationing that. It's just so, feeding that fire. It's like, oh, well, well, maybe I'm a serial killer. We'll find out. So, uh, <laughs> how do you like the the power dynamic shift at the beginning of the season where Will is basically assumed the Lecter role as we all know it, and Lecter has become the Will Graham? Yeah, I mean, I think I basically uh, predicted this much this this far. Uh, I like how they're sticking with the uh, giving a new serial killer every couple episodes. That's cool dynamic. It keeps everything fresh and it keeps everything moving because you're not getting stale waiting for something to happen. Like something is always constantly happening. Um, The power dynamic is insane because you see Will essentially very shackled in the things he can do, but now it almost seems like he's fearing himself growing into this beast that he sees uh, Lecter as, but I think he needs to, to uh, counteract all his influence and everything else. Um, Yeah, it's just crazy. Um, So the first couple episodes, you get the mural killer. Uh, You get those bodies floating down the river. And then Beverly comes to... uh, Will for advice and trying to figure out and solve who this serial killer could be. Uh, Hannibal figures it out right before she does. Um, But she gets big enough tips to know that she's not far behind. Uh, Hannibal finds the killer 
somehow cons him into being killed in part of his mural. Um, I'm sure he didn't just con him in. I'm sure he just kind of killed him and and sewed him into it, making it look like it was his decision. Uh, but then you have the guy escaping from the mural, and that's really how they get tipped off of where it could be. Yeah, I'm um, cool. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't ever need. To, I don't ever need to see that guy ripping himself out of the oh body. Oh my god! Yeah, that's the brutal shit. It was like, oh, <laughs> like ripping his flesh from his bone just to survive, and it's like, fuck that shit. Oh, it's so. Ugh. Um, I don't. So Jillian Anderson quits as his psychiatrist. Um, at the end of the episode two, you see Lecter. I assume he's at her place and like smelling her perfume, like he had showed up to kill her, but she was already gone. That's probably a good reading of that. I think she knows enough about what kind of person he actually is and knows to run and get away. Mm, I see from your uh, your answering of my question, I'm not far. And I didn't even think that she would probably be popping back up in the season, but now it seems like we're going to get the questions answered of what happened in the past, and I'm assuming her death as well. Um, uh, then you get the trial beginning. Uh, Will basically deciding that he's going to plead innocent because he's starting to remember a lot of stuff, and he re- remembers... Um, all the shit that Lecter was doing to him, especially that fucking ear thing was, ugh. I don't know. Oh, when what, he shoves it down. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking takes a pull and shoves it down that tubing. He was like, oh, well, I mean, that's how it would have had to have been because he coughed up an entire ear. Like, there's no way you're just going to suck that down. Like, I don't know. This, <laughs> this show is a really, I don't know. It's odd the concept of this show because I believe cannibals like by eating another human like it erodes your brain and shit like that so it's interesting to see these people that are highly intelligent like taking that kind of turn and like willfully uh, destroying themselves but I think that's like only if you're eating well I don't know I don't know. It's uh, it's it's very messed up any way you look at it. Well, I mean, like, if that is true, which I don't know, I can't say I've ever been like, let's learn about cannibals and what happens <laughs> to the body when you eat it. But I think this show plays in a heightened reality, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you so. know, like, Hannibal smells cancer on people. You know, like, we're not in the real world. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. Um, so then you get the trial starting and <laughs> uh, them receiving an earful in court, uh, the envelope with the other side of it, or an ear. Uh, that was the bailiff's. Uh, he's found on a wreck and uh, blown up or burnt. Uh, and then the judge doesn't think that that's enough to throw him out. So the judge is actually strung up above his uh, seat in the courthouse, which is so ridiculous. 
Um, <laughs> like the planning that would have to go into all of this to make it work in like the detail that they're like <sighs> the malevolence in this killer is insane. Um, so then the second half of this, the first half, you get Jack's wife dealing with cancer, um, taking an overdose, and then Hannibal actually saving her. Uh, you get the bee yeah, people killer. Not only he not only saves her, but he has to like flip a coin to decide what he wants to do because hmm. he's interested in both outcomes. What happens if Jack deals with her loss of her killing herself or how he she deals with him bringing her back, you know, and what that does so, to Jack. At the coin flip, I was so conflicted because I see the show going in a path that I don't want it to go, and I'm really afraid that I'm correct on this assumption. What but path it is feels that? like he wanted to give Jack his goodbye, or his wife's goodbye, um, but now that she, he knows that she wants to die, uh, I feel like Hannibal is going to kill her, and I think that's what's going to lead to the fight. Um, which is insane. Like the the sheer evilness that it would take to set that up, and it feels like this is all playing the Hannibal's plan, and like. Obviously, he wouldn't want her body tainted with that morphine overdose. I'm guessing if he's going to eat her. Um, so, I'm expecting that in the second half of the season. Um, it was wild to see the underground area of Hannibal's house with Bev uh, looking at the whole meat locker situation, whatever. Um, and then you get Gideon returning and uh basically gets thrown from a high a height that takes him and puts him in the hospital and then uh he gets kidnapped and framed for his uh getting re- releasing himself uh and then you come to see that Hannibal has kidnapped him and he's actually feeding himself himself yeah kind of <laughs> It's kind of a play on the uh, the scene in Hannibal, the movie, right? Where he's feeding the guy his own brains. Mm-hmm. Not as ridiculous, but... Ugh. But uh, you get the bailiff uh, killer, who is actually Loki from uh, American Gods. <coughs> Good to see him again, even though we just saw him in uh, Westworld. Uh, I just love that guy. He's a great actor. Um He's such a creep. He is a perfect creep, and he's perfect for this show. Um, He gets Hannibal strung up in a crucifix, like bleeding him out or giving him the option to kick the bucket literally and hang himself. Um, And that moves into the dinner party where Will Graham has kind of figured out that that Hannibal is eating these people, and it's like... Uh, this show just creeps me out and fascinates me at the same time, and I just can't put it away. That's good. Also, you get uh, Bloom falling for Hannibal and giving him an alibi while he steals Gideon. So, which is 
that's the weirdest part is like this relationship between them because I feel it it tries to humanize Hannibal in a way that I don't feel works. Like when like I don't feel Hannibal's a sexual being at all, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I don't think he is. I think he it's primarily only for the alibi that he needs that set up. Um, he Besides, saw... that, that would ruin my fan fiction that he is in love with Will. Because they are. <laughs> See, and this is the crazy part about this show is because this is the opposite side of the coin of Berserk. Like, you get the path that Griffith walked um, before he becomes basically the devil. Um, like, he would pull uh, moves like this in power plays and, like, I'm assuming he's not only using Bloom for the alibi, but to get to Will once he finds out through the grapevine that uh, they did sleep together and, like, just to piss him, antagonize him more. Um, well, there's there's that, but then there's also, like, I feel there's this part that Hannibal is, like I said earlier, trying to be Will. He's trying to live the life that Will could have and make himself get into Will's headspace more. I don't know. I think he's just trying... He wants to be his friend, and he thinks the only way he can accomplish that is by doing what he did. Like, down to the T. So, I don't know. It's so... It's, the show is just so creepy and weird and fascinating. Because, like, much like Hannibal wanting to see the outcome, it's like, now I'm intrigued to the point where I need to see the outcome of all of this. And to know that I'm halfway to the end already, it's like, God damn it. Why can't I do more? <laughs> There's plenty to come. Like I said, you know, we get we get stuff you're familiar with coming soon. So Oh man. Uh so yeah, with half the season to go, I'm sure we'll get three, four more new serial killers. Um we'll get to see what the showdown is from Jack and Hannibal. I believe Will will be released and Hannibal take his spot. Maybe. Uh, it would... All I will say is you're going to lose your mind at the last episode. <laughs> Still in this season or next season? In this season. Oh, man. <sighs> I can't wait. But yeah, <laughs> watch Hannibal because it's fucking awesome. I think that's about all I got for Hannibal, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is strange. Do you want to go with Halloween next or the Netflix movies? Let's do Netflix movies. Okay. Uh, how'd you feel about Elementary? I don't know. Is that how it's pronounced? Do you want to try again? I don't I, see on Netflix. I, it says it's Elementary, but I was looking for the poster, and it's like Elementary. I don't know. I'm just giving you shit, you uh, fucker. <laughs> Um. Well, first, did you watch it in uh, original or did you watch a dub? Because um, it starts off with a dub. I had to change it back to the original language. Yeah, I think I watched the dub. Yeah, I couldn't parse the <laughs> dub. It sounded bad, so I shut that off. It, um, I think he kept switching back and forth. Like they would, like the a, a little of the night comes for us. Did it's like it would be some English, but some. Uh, whatever other language they were speaking, but yeah, the dub was pretty interesting for sure. <laughs> uh, it it felt 
and not meaning this is a slight or anything, you know, it, it kind of felt like a, uh, um, a less polished Del Toro movie, kind of like a Pan's Labyrinth kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt. Uh, but it's definitely it's just a fairy tale, is what yeah. it is. Uh, it's tonally weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like it, it goes for some like very serious and kind of scary stuff at times, and other times it's like a slapstick comedy. It's very <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. Did you like it though? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> i really liked it well of course you did it's got a fucking devil in a cage Dude, in a black the, the the effects for it was awesome for being a netflix film like was was to the level i would guess bright or something like that was but like you know that that what that netflix movie is striving to be like this just felt like a fun little Fairy tale, whimsical, ridiculous movie. Yeah. Did it ever say what the blacksmiths like sold his soul for? Did I not catch that? Um, I I don't think it said it, but I think that basically alluded to um he was being he was going to be killed in the war mm-hmm. and basically gave up his soul so he could return and see his wife one last time. Sure, but then, like, how is he, like, how is he, like, beating a sword into shape with his hands after his hammer broke? Uh, yeah, I don't know that part. (laughs) (laughs) But I assume, I assume he had made that trade with the devil before he went to war, and, like, he had gained his blacksmithing skills via the the soul uh, trade. Uh, and then when he talked to the one that he had caged, like he he would expedite it to see his wife one more time. That's how I read oh. it anyway. Um, and then when he he returned and found out he had a daughter that wasn't his, um, and then trapped the the demon. So and burned the child's face, and burned the child's face, um, and, and killed the other man. It's not <laughs> like he was a good dude. No, he certainly was not. Um, I, did he? Did it say, oh, yeah, he definitely killed the other guy. Um, but I, I, he was trying to make amends, but I think he was just trying to live as long as he could so he didn't have, ever have to go to hell. So yeah, um, I don't think there was any, like, he was, I don't think he was trying to make Yeah, yeah, He was yeah. skirting his yeah, fate, yeah. but... Um, and then, you know, it's the redemptive quality of him, you know, succumbing to the inevitable to save the child that wasn't his, that he had caused all his torment to at the beginning. Uh, but, man, I want that second part where he's just fucking tearing through hell with a bell strapped to his back. <laughs> I love how, like, all these demons are like, wait, what? He's got a bell? What? How did that get through? What's going on here? <laughs> Uh, yeah, but just just an enjoyable little film. Uh, I probably watched it a couple more times. Like the the effects were really good on it, and I really enjoyed it. Like the different uh, devils that they did show, like they really went went ham like for it. Like one with the face on his butt, <laughs> like that one. So it's ridiculous, ridiculous little movie, and you should watch it because it's fun. 
it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. But uh, how did how much did you enjoy uh, the night comes for us? It's okay. Um, what? It's okay. I I figured this would be your uh, cup of tea. Um, I I feel it's just um, it's a it's a little swollen, a little bloated. They could have trimmed probably a half hour and made it tight, like that first raid movie is, you yeah. know. Um, but that said, like, I think it might be the most violent movie I've seen in a long time. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it's an action movie, but it's filmed like the way like B splatter movies are. Like someone gets stabbed and just fucking blood is going everywhere. <laughs> yeah, there were very uh, a couple Tarantino moments where it's just blood raining from a little cut. Um... Or you know, like when he's when they're fighting him like that uh, that meat locker, and a slab of meat falls on the guy's head, and the guy's <laughs> head just explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when you see uh, the main character wasn't Ico, I was like, "Oh man, oh uh, yeah, oh man, I've got to root against Ico." Fuck. Um, I know, and then and then they only let Ico fight twice. Like, what the fuck, man? But Ico's <laughs> fights were fucking dope. Um, oh man, dude, when he takes those guys out in the champagne room, so good, Ooh. so good. Um, and a lot of there were some. Moments of the choreography or the uh, editing where they were, at least they did a lot of the longer shots. There were some that were kind of like <laughs> jump, jump cuts, but um, it's so much better than uh, <sighs> fucking mile 22 or some of that shit. Don't talk about I'm that. sorry. I have to like because it. of Ico. Um, but like giving these uh, actors the room to do what they do best. Like some of the shit was ridiculous and so much fun. Um, the choreography is awesome. Uh, just these guys are going against what seems like fifty thousand henchmen, um, <laughs> and each one of them like, taking um, out five or six thousand people. Um, I don't know. Um, I felt. Uh... At least, you know, like, I'm going to compare it to The Raid because these were the guys who were in The Raid and we just watched The Raid not that long ago. But I feel like the choreography's fine in it and some of it's really good, but it doesn't have that visceral impact. Like, The Raid, it feels like they're fucking hitting each other in the face as hard as they can. And you get a little of that um, at the beginning where it's like it's showing the impact and like the camera's jostling as he throws somebody on the ground and like you get that at the beginning but it never stays through but yeah I get what you're saying like it started with it but it didn't hold it through the movie but I really enjoyed it I think but it does do that thing that uh, that the raid did and that I've always liked that kind of like Daredevil does too is it shows the toll these fights mm-hmm. take on these people mm-hmm. Like, it might be ridiculous, you know, they're getting fucking exacto knives broken off in their fucking <laughs> arms, but and they still fight for 10 minutes. But, you know, it takes it out of them. They feel hurt, and they slow down. Oh, yeah. And, like, going into that final fight with Ico, and Ico's pristine, and this guy's been fucked up for the entire movie. Uh, and you just expect it to be a quick match, and uh, Ito just fucking lays into him. And actually, it was a fucking decent fight. 
considering how fucked up they were. <laughs> Speaking of uh, that, um, who was it that beats him in the Fast and the Furious movie? Because it's ridiculous that anyone would beat that guy. Um, you're talking about Ito? Yeah, he's in Fast Six. Um, he's one of Luke Evans' henchmen. He beats up Tyrese and Han, and then he loses to somebody else later. I can't remember. Oh, God, now I have to go check on it, because I'm blanking. <laughs> and now I just think he could fucking take on the whole world by himself, so. <laughs> right. So fun. Um, you get those uh, claustrophobic bites, like, in the back of the police station wagon <laughs> oh where he just blows like a lot of people blow up in this movie oh, yeah, yeah um i loved how they kept showing axes but not one axe kill i was just no waiting. lots of machete kills oh though. yeah plenty of machete kills um the chick fight was awesome um all when the chicks showed up and then leaning to the the two versus one fight was awesome. Um, I figured the the motorcycle chick would just take the little girl and just run off, but I don't know. It's all right. Oh, that's the main thing. Is like this movie's two hours long, and the the plot's pretty nonsensical yeah. and not there. And <laughs> yeah, it doesn't and... make sense that uh, it's 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 razor thin. Like, you either believe it yes. or you just want to watch this action fight. <laughs> and I pretty much was just checked out if it wasn't an action scene. Yep, yep for the most part. Um, yeah, because Iko shows up, saves them, doesn't go and help him in the, like, two levels below, but then shows up and saves him from getting shot to fight him to the death. Uh, just, <laughs> See, uh, I was kind of like, maybe I'm not paying enough attention, but this shit doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it it just didn't it didn't show the dynamic of them being brothers and like really giving a shit about each other enough. Like, I understand. <sighs> so the culture has to be completely different that they're just moving up in the ranks, and obviously the ones reach the highest pinnacle. And the other one's reaching for that. Um, but when he went against a higher ranking, I would say, officer and punched the chick in the face and then comes back and doesn't get killed for that, it was like, it's just strange. Like, <laughs> it's just a two-hour awesome action flick. <laughs> yeah, you just got to be in it for the action. And, like, pretty much any movie with these guys in it, I'll watch. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. So it's a fun little round. Unless it's Miles 22. Unless it's Miles 22. That could go fuck itself. Uh, fucking movie. So, uh, let's talk Halloween then. Yeah. Halloween. <laughs> Did you like the new one? Are we starting with the new one or the uh, old one? I mean, we're going to transition between the two. So, might as well just get it out there. Heck. Because you, you've seen the first one before you fucking mm-hmm. charged me for you to watch it again, right? Yeah, yeah. I had seen it. I had watched, like, up to the fifth one, I think it was. Um, in my, oh, shit. In my younger random. years. But, like, yeah, I just wanted to rewatch it because uh, with when we did it for Predator, it helped a lot 
to sort the mess that was the new Predator that I figured it would help with this uh, new Halloween too. So, and it did. Uh, Fair. Um, so, I guess, like, do you like the first Halloween? I don't know anymore. Oh, my God. See, this is a conversation that I'm not ready to have then. No, 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 no. I'll, 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 I'll get to it, but did you like the new one? Well, before we get to that, I have to explain that the first Halloween is the greatest horror film ever made. And, like, I will stand by that statement. Really? Because you saw it in yep. theater last it's week, right? One. Yeah, and talk about driving me crazy, because half the theater laughed every time Michael Myers showed up on screen. I was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? Get out. I was so <laughs> upset. Yeah, that would upset me as well. I do think it's, like <laughs> I do think it's one of the better horror films. I I wouldn't put it the best, but it's definitely up there. Well, I no no, it's like the problem. You is can make this the, new one takes away so much from it. Does it though? It, I feels like that to me, and like I walked out of the second one just so disappointed. Fair, it's fair. It's the the this the new one's fine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's another it's another Halloween sequel, right? <laughs> it's not it just it feels like the first one doesn't. And that feels like every other Halloween movie. <laughs> but I think there's some very interesting stuff the new one's doing yeah. though. I think yeah. I just don't think the movie ever congeals as a whole. Yeah. I think it's got too much going on. Mm-hmm. I think would be the main problem. Because, um, like, I think the idea, <clears throat> and it's weirdly when you look back on it, it's something we've seen crop up over and over throughout the horror stuff we've watched this year. Between you know Hill House last week and um, and Hereditary, you know the idea of uh, generational trauma and like the this the things that happen to your parents are transferred down to you and how you cope with that like i think it's there there's the idea of um you know <coughs> excuse me in in the landscape of like this whole like me too movement that's been going on very strong this year and everything you know it's lori standing up against her tormentor the man who's haunted her for 40 years and there's this this kind of feel good moment of her enacting her revenge and you know becoming a survivor and not a victim it's a lot going on but there's also a lot of horseshit with like podcasters and evil (laughs) doctors yeah there's there's a good movie in there somewhere there's just a lot of other horseshit along with it um because i think like (laughs) i think the biggest fault that anything has is in terms of like a Halloween sequel is there's no need for one. Yeah. Right. Like the whole, the whole concept of that first movie is evil. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not about Michael Myers or why he wants to do this. He just personifies death and evil and it coming into the, you know, the suburbs and how irreverent, how everything's changed and will never be the same. And, you know, that, that closing shot of the original Halloween where it shows the couch and the hallway and all the places that Michael's been, which are normal. 
everyday things that you think of are safe are now changed yeah. forever and you'll never look at them the same. And the idea that as soon as it comes in, it's gone, you know, like <clears throat> the idea that Loomis looks over and he's gone isn't like, oh, Michael's still alive and he's out there somewhere. No, it's that evil has moved on. Death has moved on. It, it comes and goes as quick. And the idea of now, every time you do a sequel, you have to, it, it peels back layers and takes away from that. Mm-hmm. See, now you're bringing me back. And now it's, now it's up there even further than it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, the, the, it feels like it was treading lightly on what the zombie remake tried doing. And they tried you. Don't you, don't you, don't you bring that into this? No, I can't not. Like, it just didn't. And like, when I say the first one's very good, but I wouldn't put it at the top, only because it feels like a first time out. And like, um, in the vein where Evil Dead or Army of Darkness, like, these are very amateur filmmakers doing bigger things than they they should have been doing. Um, Ooh, see, I completely disagree. I think Carpenter came in fully formed as a filmmaker into Halloween, and, like, there's no wasted fat on that movie. Everything is there for a reason. Really? It, it, it feels like scenes could be tightened up the the smallest amount. Like, it feels like they yell action, and, like, she pauses for a second and then takes off. Like, it seems like that on a lot of the scenes. But you get this very intense killer where <laughs> the fucking ghost scene, it's like, yeah, this dude's fucking evil. Like, in and manipulative, or uh, not manipulative, but, like, um, maniacal. Like, there's more going on than he's, he's not just killing shit. He's doing shit because he's fucking evil. And, like, um... And, and, and that's one of the scenes that, like, I would point to as, as, like, a counterpoint to, you know, that Michael Myers isn't really a person is more a thing mm-hmm. in an idea in that movie. But there's the scene where he kills the boyfriend and, you know, he does the iconic like turn of the head, looking at him, watching him die mm-hmm. and then puts on the costume and goes, kills her. That's Michael being a six year old kid. He never really grew up. Right. He's still a child in his mental capacity. Interesting. I only saw it as like, this is a crazy motherfucker and he's just, he's working at terrifying somebody more than just killing them. And um, that's something the remake lost is like, it would never give Michael the presence. Like he was just there killing shit. Like it, it never gave him until he was in the house. You never see him like walking slowly. It's just him jumping scene to scene. And I think that's where it kind of suffers for me. Sure. No, I, I, there's that, that from the point he escapes to the point, like they get him into the, the house out in the wood. It's kind of more of like a Friday, the 13th movie than a Halloween movie. Yeah. You know, he's just randomly killing people, you know, where in the first movie he latched onto those girls 
and followed them and then took them out. This, he literally, like, kills an old lady and then just walks into a random person's house and kills them and then goes into another random person's house and kills them. He's literally just killing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. It was a little weird because that's that's what made me think of the, the zombie remake is when he pins the boyfriend to the wall. And, like, they never showed the killing. They just showed him hanging on the wall. And it's like, oh, so he's just going around killing people. I thought he was... Uh, this was her sister, and like they cleared that up in the remake that it was no, it's just some crazy person. But for him to be attracted to her and like finds her no matter what is just such a it's it's just fucking evil, man. <laughs> it is that's that's why it's the problem of like the sequels give you diminishing returns. Because, mm-hmm. like, there is no reason he should be, like, motivated to go try and kill Lori. Like, you know, they tried writing it off in the second movie that it was his secret sister. And then by, like, the fifth movie, he was cursed by a cult and had to kill everyone in his family bloodline. And just all this horseshit. But, you know, they had to do these convoluted things where, like I said, that first movie is this little perfect encapsulation and there should have never been another one yeah. but that said like this movie's fine like it's it's very well made mm-hmm. um i think uh i think everyone's game i'm surprised like because like jamie lee's really not in it that much mm-hmm. for as much as they're like oh it's <laughs> it feels kind of like they redid halloween h20 <laughs> you know when they did 20 years later isn't that much different from it it's much better but in terms of like one final showdown between laurie and michael like we we got that 20 years ago and now we're doing it again so it's a little weird but like i said i think there's stuff in there it's just not fully formed because of the the, every it's kind of all over the place but you know there's i think there's an interesting idea of like like I said, generational trauma and inherited trauma um, victims and uh, survivors. But even that, that. Um, even that the last like 10 minutes where the daughter kind of snaps into like, oh shit, I, I should probably do all the shit that she taught me when I was young. And it's like a completely different character than she was the entire movie. And it's like, I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. Not not in a completely awful way, but like I don't know, it was just too weird. Because I think there's something interesting there between um, if you look at like in the lens of each character is a different facet of Lori. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Um, like the granddaughter is Lori before the first Halloween movie happened, right? The easygoing teen. And then her daughter is what she could have been yep. a mother and a, have a family and go. And then what this trauma actually made her, which is the crazy out in the woods. Um, I think there's something to be undercut by uh, the fact that she so much was like, you know, I threw my life away and spent 40 years training for this and in the end like her granddaughter just ended up going through the exact same thing she did and that's probably going to scar her forever too it's this kind of like nihilistic it doesn't matter because 
shit sucks no matter what you do. Yeah, it's not it's not the rainbow world that the daughter wanted, but it is this is the reality, I guess. Uh that being said, <clears throat> I think Strangers did a lot better job of terrifying the whole way through earlier this year. Um even Purge, that mentality of killing and killing more um, and like just trying to find a way to survive did it better like this is alright it's not predator bad but <laughs> yeah it's alright it's not even close to yeah, that yeah. but but I don't know it, the, the first one is so much better and obviously like you said the diminishing returns like just makes it an alright movie yeah, in the end, there's just there's no reason that there's been what nine Halloweens past the first one. I mean, one. besides that like, third one, that's great. The third one, everyone <laughs> everyone comes around and like it's so good. It's not. It's really, no, it's bad. really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> so I don't know. It's all right. I'm sure if you wanted to see this movie, you've already seen it, so. It's better than the one with Paul Rudd in it. Uh, That is true. I'll give you that. One point, Luke. (laughs) It's better than the zombie movies. It is. That is true. Um, Like, when they started uh, diving into the past and whatnot, I was like, they're going to really work on making uh, Michael Myers... uh, giving a reason why he's killing and nobody needs that. He just needs to be this assault vehicle tearing through lives. So. And they, they did that, you know, the podcasters trying to figure mm-hmm. it out. The doctor, the doctor who facilitated everything that happened in the movie was trying to figure it out, but there was no answers given. Yeah. But I like that. So yeah, there's Halloween. One and two. <laughs> It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> so, since your 13-hour binge, how'd you like Daredevil Season 3? It's, it's not great, Bob. What? It's not great. Well, it falls apart in the back half so fast. It's fair. I, I think if they would have chopped it down to 10 episodes like they did uh, Iron Fist and tightened a lot of it up, probably lose Karen's backstory lose Dex's backstory like there's two hours shaved off like they could have made it so much tighter and just made it about Daredevil and Fisk it would have been a lot better uh, that means well I think the problem is that it jumps around a lot yeah. between it's like here we're going to focus on Matt's Catholicism and then three episodes later we have no interest in doing anything with that anymore <laughs> and we're we're going to spend four episodes with Fisk being like, I'm doing this to save the woman I love and I'm trying to make the best of the situation to full-blown supervillain who's planned everything years in advance? <laughs> Question mark? Yep, there you go. I don't know. It, it worked for me just because um, much like Hill House, it was so chopped apart, but like each piece uh, got you to the next piece uh, reasonably. Like... There was no downtime. There's nothing that I really just fucking eye rolled and didn't concern, care about. Um, I was going to ask you, is that pretty close to what Bullseye Origin is? 
Uh, maybe. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it, here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? I don't really need an origin for Bullseye. Sure. He's just someone who likes to kill and can throw stuff real good. That's it. Sure. Um, but, you know, like, my problem with the thing was, like, you can say, like, nothing really bugged you, but, like, one, I know, like, you don't read Daredevil mm-hmm. comics, but I do, and I love yeah. them. And they basically, they kind of just chopped and pieced up one of the best Daredevil stories ever and yeah, cause didn't quite do it wasn't justice. Wasn't this the story you were looking for? Yeah, they it's kind of born again. Like, there's the scene uh, where, you know, it might seem randomly out of nowhere where all of a sudden uh, some goon jumps out of a taxi cab and it drives into the river trying to drown Matt. Mm-hmm. Like, that's straight out of born again, you know, Kingpin throws him in the back of a cab and throws him in the river to kill him. Man. Nice. But uh, but the interesting thing, like, in that story, that they kind of, they pay lip service to here, but then don't do anything with, is uh, once Fisk finds out that Murdoch is Daredevil, he ruins him both as both identities and takes away everything from him. And you see them, you know, like, Daredevil, right? Daredevil, Bullseye in the suit, does a massacre at the Bulletin, and no one fucking cares. There's like, yeah, and you know, Match is like, he's trying to discredit me as Daredevil, but like, the, it doesn't go uh-huh. anywhere. That's literally as much as they do anything with it. And it could be interesting seeing both sides, you know, like, yeah, even yeah. take away, the, I think you even take away, like. I oh, think you ahead. lose all the the side characters that you're trying to build up, like <coughs> the foggy DA, the Nadine's backstory with his kids and why he's doing what he's doing. You lose all these characters. We don't need all their their story that you're giving us and strictly make it Daredevil versus Fisk and it's such a better... Like, I think they could have almost directly adapted the story you wanted and made 10-episode run just fantastic. Um, I get a little of that because I don't know what I'm looking for, and I'm I'm just taking the pieces they're giving me. So I'm interested to read more Daredevil because I love Fisk and uh, Daredevil's relationship. And I think Fisk is one of the best uh, villains. And I agree to an extent, just but I feel it's mostly D'Onofrio's performance because, mm-hmm. like, this Kingpin in this season isn't interesting to me at all. Well, I, I just like don't the way think he was you get to spend bit. enough time with him. You get the half episode he's floating around in Dex's backstory. Um, I thought the stuff where he was speaking to Matt when he was trying to break in, like, that shit was fucking awesome. Um, but other than that, you just get to see him being Kingpin, and it's like, well, that's not as interesting as I would hope, but I just... Well, like I said, because, like, as as fake-grounded as they try and make these shows, like, he's just straight-up comic book supervillain. He has everything planned out further than anyone could have ever imagined. And, and like, that's... It's that just, was the interesting part it's not interesting. that I wanted to see. They talk about it so much, but they didn't show how to counteract it and then at the end of the day it just seems like uh, Daredevil relied so heavily on luck 
working itself out, um, getting to that point, and that was and not necessarily outsmarting him, but just hoping that he can win the end of the day. Um, is that what he did? Because that last episode is such a fucking mess; it kind of <laughs> ruins everything. Yeah. Uh, fifty-fifty. Uh, it is such a mess, but from everything we got before, it's like. All I wanted was Daredevil fighting Fisk, and we finally get that. So it's like, okay. Okay. Yeah, but it was the worst fight out of any of... Like, I would rather watch the Iron Fist season one fights than that <sighs> one between Fisk and Bullseye. And I don't know. I, I I liked bits of it. Like, when he fucking breaks uh, Bullseye's back, fucking Gorilla fucking beats Matt a little. It's like, there are little things that are awesome and like I think Vanessa could have been played a little bit better but having her show up the last two episodes and like I just want to be a crime boss too uh, it just didn't fit the character that she has been built up to at this point and it's it is disparaging um, having you tear up this season as much as you are because I mean you really do love this and I'm just coming in as, oh, these Netflix heroes are awesome. And, like, <laughs> so I don't know the other side of the coin. So it's, it's like, I'm just excited to see what I get. And I really thought they did a decent job with this season. But hearing you and then missing a lot of the big but parts. I'm like, but even that, like, you can critically watch what they gave yeah. you. And, like, they they, you know, like, literally, they're just like, we're trying to discredit you as Daredevil, and nothing yeah, I happens. Didn't, I and it didn't think about it. Until it has no effect that. on that at yeah, all. I didn't. I didn't think about it. Like at the moment, I thought about it. It's like, oh, it's going to be awesome to see them make him into a villain, and then they just didn't go anywhere with it. And like, I didn't have seconds to think about that, obviously, because we didn't take a break and we just basically <laughs> ran through the whole thing. Um, and uh, but I liked like, over the first stuff, like couple episodes where he's get, he's regaining his strength and trying to figure out what he wants to do and like this play and the reveal of his mom like that really fucking caught me off guard but I'm sure you knew that so it wasn't a big reveal to you but true yeah I did know Maggie was his mom so Fair. but you know there's also a part that like um because I knew they didn't have the balls to do it, but, like, um, Bullseye kills Karen in that oh church my God. in the comics. No, I was like, Not we're getting a fucking Gwen Stacy moment. I was really thinking Foggy or Karen was going to die this season, and, like, you get to the last scene, and it's like, well, that's kind of a real missed opportunity. <laughs> but, like, I knew they didn't have it in them to do it, so, of course, his father figure dies instead. But, um, you know, like, even between, like, if I divorce myself from um, from it as an adaptation, like, I think it sets up interesting ideas, but doesn't play off of any yeah. of it. Like, you can, you can tell, like, the pieces are there between Fisk and Daredevil and uh, Bullseye of this idea of... Um, childhood trauma and how it shaped all of them and these these lone men lost in the world trying to find their way but they absolutely do nothing yeah. with it you yeah. know 
I feel you. Uh, but you get some great moments, like the prison shakedown, like him getting caught in the trap and then fighting his way out. Like, that was an awesome episode. Um, I think the shootout of the bulletin was all right. Um, I I just think him squaring off against himself metaphorically kind of just shook him. Um, I was looking for a bigger fight for that, but seeing the triple fight was just a mess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Plus, like, I don't know that, like, the show maybe isn't cognizant or doesn't get there, but, like, a woman literally gets put in a refrigerator and it's a plot point <laughs> to motivate a man. Like, you can't you can't do that, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think once they got that far they're like, shit. We have so much on the table, we just need to fucking start throwing things away. And then he shows Especially up, when he, like he shows up with her in the fucking passenger seat. It's like, what the fuck is going on with this last Especially episode? when like <laughs> Especially when you didn't need that at all because you could already tie back, like, Wilson sidelined him, right? Yeah. Fisk was like, you're not Wesley. I don't need your help. You, you, I put too much on you. I'm benching yeah. you. Just what his coach did to him and when he killed his first person. Like, that should be motivation enough for him to turn on mm-hmm. Fisk. Mm-hmm. But no, we, we need to kill his girlfriend and have her dead in her fucking refrigerator. Also, I figured he was going to kill Vanessa because of it, but we never got that. Um and like, what the fuck was Matt's plan? Like, I don't. <laughs> I was like, gonna be the I was like, oh, Matt's gonna. I was like, Matt's gonna have you know trigger bullseye so that he kills Fisk without having to get the blood on his hands himself. And then it's like, well, maybe then he had a change of heart. And, you know, everyone deserves redemption, and he's not going to. But then he tries to psych himself up to kill Kingpin himself. Mm-hmm. It's just a fucking mess at the end, yeah. man. Yep. Huh. Son of a bitch. Plus, 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 that end part where, like, when he takes his mask off and, like, finally shows that, you know, Murdoch is him to Fisk and looks them, they're at each other's face and threatening of how, like, you know, you'll keep my secret or I'll do this and that. It's the same ending as the Ben Affleck movie <laughs> where he's just like, you know, where Kingpin's like, I'll tell everyone who you are. And he's like, yeah, you tell him that the blind lawyer beat you up, but you'll never tell. You'll keep my secret. And like, full disclosure. Like, this, full like, disclosure. I've never seen those movies. So. Oh, well, gear up, buddy. They're great. <laughs> I've always heard they were mediocre. I like the bullseye and electro part were just awful. Bullseye's the best. It's Colin Farrell, and he just goes bullseyes and kills people. <laughs> it's a... See, I would have loved that shit. Um, I always wondered why uh, his color scheme was so much like Daredevil, and like that him getting a Daredevil outfit first was kind of an awesome way to show that. But I don't know. Yeah, it it set up so many great things, but just never capitalized on any of them. Yeah, it was a mess. It was a real mess. So, how long until they cancel this, huh? Oh no, they'll get two more seasons out of this easy. <laughs> uh, There's no way they're canceling Daredevil. That's their fucking bread and butter. I'd be surprised if we think? get another Jessica Jones, 
but I think for sure. It's filming right now. Well, I mean, after that, I think three will be done with Jessica Jones, but I think we're definitely going to get two more out of Daredevil. Mm, I think we're, I think we might be done with all of them. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. They could just fucking go to push and move everything over. So, yeah, that's Daredevil. Go watch it, because I'm it, sure you it are. <laughs> Come back in a week when you didn't binge watch it all like we did. Uh, so what is on the docket for next week then? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you said you were going to try and play catch up, right? Uh, there's a couple things that I'll catch up. Obviously, uh, the second half of Hannibal. Uh, I think we have mm-hmm. Sabrina. We do. How many episodes yeah. of Sabrina? Don't know. Let's watch them know. all. <laughs> Who cares? <sighs> This is going to kill me. Totes going to kill me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I have a pretty busy weekend, so I'm not sure what I'll be able to catch up on, but I'll definitely make attempts to get through some more. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to catch uh, Bad Time at El Royale, finally. Maybe, if it ever comes around again. Um, I think The Hey You Give might be showing up in Mesa City, so I'll make them take it over there. And uh, probably Hunter Killer. <laughs> oh, see, like you have, you're like I have all this busy weekend, but I need to go see this bad submarine movie. Oh, uh, listen, I have things that are dictating time slots, but they're twelve hours between it. So, like, I have to be somewhere, but I have six hours of free time between something and something. So it's like fuck. <laughs> So we'll see. Um, All I know is I'm not. Uh, I I don't think I need to see a movie where uh, we're trying to save the president of Russia, our biggest geopolitical adversary, and those who have hacked our elections. I don't think we need to show that we're oh, buddy God. buddies. Can we talk about the film. fake news angle that Daredevil was trying to play to you? <laughs> they did do it a what couple times. That like you said, they never capitalized on the bullet getting shot up, but like. The real fucking way they were trying to manipulate, show the manipulation of the media. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, if you're stupid enough that you're getting that revelation from Daredevil season three, maybe you shouldn't worry about politics ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, was there anything other streaming that you wanted to watch? Like, any movies or anything? Um,. Nothing new. I might dig through and find us. You know, it's it's our last week in October. I got to find us another spooky movie. Okay, cool. cool. That work. So we'll catch you guys next week. Um, watch all that stuff and uh, get back to us. Let us know what you thought. Piece of pineapple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we'll catch you next yeah. week. Later. Yeah.